Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Monday. Good to be back in the building. Guess what? The B.C. legislature is open for business. For the first time in 22 months, people can actually come into this building. So it's open to the public. Yeah, it's open to the public. Up until now, for the last year or so, you, the only way you could enter is if you um, had a booked, you were part of a booked guided tour, or you had meetings with cabinet ministers and such. And, of course, you need to be uh, show proof of vaccination. But I just was upstairs um, at the front entrance, and the first visitors in almost two years trickling through the building. Wow, that's nice to see. And uh, they've bit got a no- bit of normalcy. Yeah, you know, not quite there yet, but at least it's. Uh, I remember back in April of twenty twenty, I, I think me, you, and a few others were the only people in this building. Yeah, and now it's uh, it's slowly getting back to life. It's slowly getting back to kind of a bit of normalcy. I mean, they've got the big, uh, the annual Christmas tree is up in the rotunda, of the legislature, yep. which is a beautiful thing to come check out if you're ever in Victoria. And now you can come into the building. So it's something nice to see if you get and, the opportunity. And uh, the mock presents are under the tree. When yeah. my, my daughters were quite young, we'd bring them here, and they were uh, fooled by the fact that they thought these were actual presents and presents for them. and didn't understand why they couldn't take them away. They're just props. <laughs> yeah, they're empty. But no Christmas parties yet. Okay. The building's opening, but um, but there was a gathering on the weekend of all the, all the legislature interns over the years. About 150 of them came into the... Came in the legislature. So again, even though we're in a pandemic, we're slowly getting back to normal. Well, we'll see what this new variant of concern does, yeah. which is a you know a, a new source of concern. Okay, nice sign for sure. We've got another update coming this afternoon from Solicitor General Mike Farnworth. Also, Bruce Ralston, the Energy Minister, yeah, front so, and center here on the gas rationing. So Ralston's going to provide an update, a detailed update, uh, with some statistics of our fuel supply as it currently exists and what's expected in the future. I'm told it's going to show that we, we have adequate fuel supply, but I anticipate we're going to extend the rationing order, which expires December 1st. I think that's going to be extended because the Trans Mountain Pipeline has yet to o- reopen. Right, so it expires on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and you expect that that's the 30-liter yep. fill-up limit. Uh, and that's for Southwest BC, so that's Metro Vancouver and Vancouver Island, and I expect that to be extended. Uh, it's not, uh, reports are in the field. Uh, after the first couple of days of sort of panic buying, I sort of did a drive around on the weekend and I don't, didn't really detect any lineups at gas stations, you know, one, two, three cars, but, uh, 30 liters is enough for most people because right now the advisories don't travel unless you absolutely yeah. have to. Okay. Here's Mike Farnworth talking about the fuel rationing. Have a listen and then get your thoughts. In terms of the uh, the order in place uh, on the 30-liter restriction, uh, we have said uh, right from the beginning that we're going to do whatever is required to ensure that the fuel supplies for uh, for British Columbia are, and p- the affected areas are 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 there uh, to meet the needs of not only uh, first responders and our emergency services, but also to ensure the uh, the good move the the movement of uh, of food trucks and uh, transport trucks. Uh, that's uh, still very much uh, underway, and uh, we have every confidence that the fuel is there for that. Okay, Mike Farn, we're speaking the other day about the fuel supply. So we're, we're, we're getting a lot of fuel uh, barged in from the U.S. Uh, that's arriving uh, constantly. Also, the CP rail line has been open now for a few days, and that's a lot of uh, fuel cars coming down the rail. And Trans Mountain taking their time and being uh, being cautious about restarting that pipeline. What's the status of that? Yeah, so they uh, they put a, a, a statement out on Thursday and Friday. They've got hundreds of people working on this thing. I mean, it's in their economic self interest to get this thing open and running. So, th- yeah. but it's a it's a complicated situation. There are parts of the line that you know go through uh, flood ravaged 
areas, and then it takes uh, probably a couple of days to flush it out and get get uh, crude uh, moving in it again. So it's going to be at least a, I would think a couple of days. We haven't heard from Trans Mountain over the weekend, but uh, again, one thirty today. Bruce Ralston, Energy Minister, Mike Farmworth, Public Safety and Transportation Minister Rob Fleming should outline our fuel situation. Okay, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau came to British Columbia, checked out the flood relief measures that were underway, came to Victoria, had a meeting with Premier John mm-hmm. Horgan. The status of that pipeline, I have no doubt, was probably on the table as they discussed the fuel situation and also just the response to the, the emergency in British Columbia. Here is Trudeau uh, talking about assistance to British Columbia. Which is why uh, we've deployed over 500 Canadian Armed Forces members with helicopters and planes uh, almost four and a half million dollars straight to First Nations communities immediately uh, to help them through this moment, and over four million dollars for the Port of Vancouver. Okay, also not clear exactly how much federal assistance will be on the table, though. Right? No, but I think there's going to be a lot of it. So nobody's offered up a price tag yet from either government in terms of what's required, other than that it's going to be billions of dollars. So a report of several years ago suggested to uh, bring all the dikes in Metro Vancouver up to. Up to speed is about a $10 billion effort over a number of years. So that's that's a starting point right there. You throw in uh, disaster assistance. Um, you know, we're, we're talking billions of dollars. The feds will be there. We just don't know what the share is going to be. Uh, they are partners with BC in the disaster financial assistance program, which is 80% of your, your um, damages are covered, up to $300,000 per household. There's gonna be, There's thousands of people who are applying for that as we speak. Okay, and like you said, we, we still don't know the extent of how much assistance is going to be required. This thing is not over yet. We've got another atmospheric river on the way. Well, there's there assistance, still concerns. There's assistance and repairs. I mean, you've got uh, the, the uh, financial assistance is going to be significant, but then Highway 8 wiped out. That has yeah. to be rebuilt. Coquihalla Highway. Uh, there are at least 20 uh, sections of that highway are just completely blown apart. That has to be fixed. So that's that's hundreds of millions of dollars right there. Right. And these highways not only have to be repaired, they also have to be, I think, probably redesigned in yep. order to withstand future events. Right? Yep. There's uh, any 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 highway that runs along a mountainside, uh, that's, that soil has to probably get tested now with uh, saturation rain events, uh, likely a regular regular event in the future okay we we talked last week on the show i know you're a huge beatles fan so last week we talked in the show about the anticipation for the beatles documentary series coming out on disney plus it's out now i had a chance to watch the first episode most of the second episode let's have a little listen to part of the uh the beatles documentary trailer here what would you like to see the beatles do now I thought the um, probably the coolest part of what I've seen of this documentary so far is when you've got Paul McCartney creating that song, like Get Back, and he's writing it, and he's like strumming on his bass. He's trying to figure the song out. He's trying to figure the words out. There was another great sequence where he's, he's, mm-hmm. writing, uh, he's writing The Long, Long and Winding Road. Road, and one of my favorite McCartney songs, and, uh, and he doesn't know the words yet because he hasn't written them. <laughs> And he's trying to figure out the words, and it's kind of fun. You're you're looking at the screen. I know the words. Yelling you're, yell- the you're yelling the words at the screen, <laughs> Paul. I know the words. I've only seen a bunch of clips. I've seen about twenty clips from this thing. I have yet to sit down and watch uh, the actual first episode. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll tell you, 
parts of it kind of drag. I thought you got you know there are parts where there's just a lot of kind of mindless chit chatting going on, or they're just fooling around, they're goofing around in the studio, which is just you know well, that's sort of like the original Let It Be documentary. Yeah. There's a lot of drag time in that as well. Yeah. Once you get away from the music, it's uh, it's just you know guys sitting around a studio. Right. I mean, parts well, of that I found I found slow. Um, I'm looking forward to part three with the actual rooftop concert, but the parts where they're creating the songs right in front of your eyes is, mm -hmm. is, is very cool. All right, phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Uh, we were just speaking off air, Keith, about uh, the Prime Minister's meeting with uh, Premier John Horgan on Friday and a bit of a... There were some protesters outside that were protesting um, yeah, old so growth logging. So there was a bit of a cat and mouse game here to get the it, premier. Into it was a cat and mouse to get the prime minister into the building. Uh, well, at the same time, dodging the protesters and then getting him out of the building. So uh, they they came in an unusual entrance at the rear of the building instead of the front or the uh, side entrance, the premier's entrance, which is normally the usual entrance where the protesters were gathered. But the Police and security were playing a bit of a uh, dodge and faint game with them, pretending to be over concerned about one entrance and then suddenly the other entrance being used. Not sure how he got out of here. Um, it was a long news conference with uh, Premier John Horgan. And as a result, uh, he was able to get out, though, um, and scurry over to the Empress Hotel where he's staying. But the protesters were foiled in their attempt to block. So they're able to sneak him in there. They were able to sneak him in, have a meeting. The protesters were gathered right outside the Premier's office uh, did chanting. They, did they know Trudeau was in there at that point? It was unclear whether they... Because one, one protester asked me, how come there's so much police around here? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. I said, well, you know, I don't know. But there was a heavy security presence. And again, it's in contrast to today, as we started at the top of the show... The B.C. legislature is now open to the public for the first time in almost two years. And then on Friday, of course, it was heightened security because the prime minister was here and there were, was a knot of protesters outside the, uh, the premier's office. Okay, let's go to your phone calls. Mark and Delta. Hi, Mark. Uh, morning, Mike. Good morning, Keith. Uh, being uh, the 30th of November tomorrow, I'm hoping to uh, head into Bellingham. Uh, my understanding is I just drive down with all the documentation and I come back, show my vaccine passport. Uh, I don't have to, is there anything to do with the arrive Canada app or is that just by air? No, I think yeah. you, you think you need the arrive Canada app at the, at the, at the drive, at the, so. at the land border. You're not entirely sure about that. You don't have to take a PCR test as of tomorrow. That's yeah. the, that's the big thing, uh, <clears throat> which, We'll save people a lot of money. That's $200 a family member for, to get a PCR test. So you should be able to go, clear to go on that. Yeah, I would definitely get that Arrive Can app on your phone, though. Just as a, as a safeguard. Yeah. So, someone else phone me on that if you got the answer to that question. 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Barb in West Van. Hi, Barb. Oh, uh, good morning, uh, Keith and Mike. Happy Monday. Hello. Um, my uh, second dose was June the 20th. And I've got an appointment for a booster shot December the 8th. Now, I understand you're supposed to wait six to eight months, which works out about six months less 12 days. Should I leave it as it is or try to get a later date? Oh, leave it as it is. You were, you were booked there for a reason, so there's no, um, there's no real uh, difference if uh, you wait another week or two. So if you're booked on December 8th, good for you. Get your booster dose. Thanks for the call. Dennis in Barrier. Hi, Dennis. Yeah, we were just wondering what's happening with Canada Post. We're seeing as we haven't received any mail in this area for quite some time uh, since the flood started. 
Are they not the Canada Post not classed as essential? Canada Post deliveries have been disrupted yep. in, in some parts of the province because of because of the emergency. Uh, I'm not sure about your town, but it sounds like it probably has. I mean. Yeah, so even if it's essential, it doesn't mean it's easy to get around. So Canada Post deliveries have been disrupted in certain areas. Even though they're considered essential, it's not an easy thing necessarily to to transport uh, mail right now. Yeah, 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Barb in Qualicum Beach, hi. Hi, good morning. Um, On a lighter note... um I just, I just responding to your Beatles documentary, um, I was born and raised in Liverpool, came to Canada right at the time when they were uh, actually coming to North America, and um, I would love to see the documentary, but I don't have the Disney Channel. I'm wondering if there's any way of seeing other other than the Disney Channel to see di- it. The, the Disney Plus streaming service mm-hmm. is the only source to, to see it Yeah, it's online. on the Disney Channel. It's online. It's, uh, you can sign up. Uh, I think it's eleven dollars, if I recall, eleven dollars oh. a month. Uh, so you can go, just okay. go online and and type in uh, Disney, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, and you'll find it. I'll, yeah. I will do that. Thank you. Enjoy your show, Mike. Thank uh, you. Okay, thank you for the call. I, I think it's it's worth it just to check it out. I mean, it's, especially if you're a super fan, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're a super fan of the Beatles, you will enjoy it. Like I said, I thought parts of it do tend to slow down. You know, bit of a drag. There's a lot of sort of goofing around. There's a lot of kind of goofy songs that they're singing that are oh, just yeah. really not. You know, there's one point where Yoko Ono starts quote unquote singing, and it's <laughs> like you know parts. Those parts were not were not great, but there are other parts that are just kind of mind blowing. Really, mm-hmm. when when you see them creating these iconic songs right right in front of you, that that's pretty cool. Maggie in New West, hi. Oh, hi, Mike. Um, I'm just calling to let you know uh, you do still need to fill out the Arrive Can app. Right. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, Thanks. So I've been traveling back and forth to Point Roberts because they got an exemption on November 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and they're still giving out random tests, and you do have to fill out Arrive Can. Right. Good and, to know. And do they, do they check that Arrive Can app for everybody? Yeah, so when you scan your passport or Nexus yeah. card at the border, it automatically brings out your ArriveCan information. Right. Thank you for that. That's that's what I thought was the case, yeah. and I'm glad you were Thanks, able Maggie. to confirm it. Okay, one thirty. That's when we get the latest update, and you expect what do you expect there? You expect that gas rationing limit to be yeah, it extended? May, it may not be announced today, but I do anticipate based on again conversations with Mike Farnworth over the weekend at the Saturday briefing that without the Trans Mountain Pipeline operational, um, and it's going to take a couple of days even when it does open for it to be effective, that rationing will likely continue for uh, foreseeable future. But again, we'll, we'll, we may know more at one thirty. We may not. We're going to get a detailed update from Bruce Ralston, the energy minister, on the gasoline supply as it currently stands and how it's expected to change over the next the few other, days. The other key thing is that tr- from the transportation minister and some of the status of some of these highways, because we have seen some sections of highways shut down again. Highway 1, again, oh, affected yeah. by the no. uh, flooding there in Abbotsford, and that's going to be an ongoing situation. Yeah, so make sure you keep it locked here for the rest of the day for the updates on mm-hmm. that. Keith, thanks a lot. All right, talk to you tomorrow.